This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Dave Anthony. Today, shrinkage. What the retail industry calls theft or shoplifting. That continues to cost them more and more. The National Retail Federation says retail crime accounted for $112 billion in losses for companies last year alone, and it is growing. Just this week, Philadelphia got hit. You might have seen the videos. A wave of shoplifting and looting as groups ransacked a bunch of stores, but that is hardly the only city that's happening. Also this week, Target announced it's going to close nine locations in New York City, in Portland, in Seattle, and San Francisco. So we talked to someone who used to be a vice chairman at Target, Jerry Storch, who now runs his own retail advisory company. And he had a lot to say about this rise in retail crime, so much so we couldn't fit it all in Friday's rundown segment. Today, we let you hear all of it. And as always, we appreciate you listening We invite you to come back for more every day. And now, my conversation with Jerry Storch on the Fox News Rundown Extra. Joining us again on the Fox News Rundown is Jerry Storch, CEO of Storch Advisors, his retail advisory firm. He was the former CEO of Toys R Us and chairman and former CEO for HBC, which is the parent company for Saks Fifth Avenue. So he's been in retail a long time and former vice chairman for Target as well. Jerry, thanks for being back with us. My pleasure. This, of course, quite the time. We've been seeing and hearing stories of smash and grab robberies going on even since COVID times and the times after the uh, George Floyd death and the unrest and the looting around the country. This week we had Philadelphia where we had groups of teens going around and ransacking stores, stealing iPhones and all kinds of things and shopping bags. And we have Target closing stores in some big cities. What happened in Philadelphia? That you see the video, you see what's going on, you see what in the aftermath. That's just a snapshot, but it really shows how difficult this is right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, organized uh, retail crime has been around for a long time or simply uh, theft, you know, when someone comes in the store and, 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 and uh, steals something. But what we have right now is a totally different scale and reach of activity. Uh, most of the damage is done by organized groups, and a lot of it is actually pretty big business. But uh, but what's changed is two things. First of all, the Internet that enables to organize these activities very rapidly, as we saw in Philadelphia. But even more importantly, uh, the Internet through their marketplaces provides an easy way to fence the stolen goods. And so you can monetize them very rapidly. And if you look at what's stolen, it's products that are easily uh, resaleable over 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 the Internet. Okay. And the right. second Oh, go ahead. Second, Sorry. I was just going to say the second thing that's changed is that in recent years, prosecutors and local governments have reduced the penalties and also limited law enforcement for retail theft. So that changes the risk benefit analysis for the criminals. So even if they get caught, they don't do the time. When you see what happened in Philadelphia, sometimes some of this is at night. And stores aren't open anymore in some cases. They just, but they're able to go in and just grab what they can. And there's not much that the stores can do in that situation, right? Yeah, the, the criminals have this timed pretty, pretty accurately. They try to stay just a few minutes in each store so that they're in and out before any law enforcement can respond or anyone can respond for that matter. So, so they pay a lot of attention 
to uh, exactly what's going on in the environment around them, and uh, and they won't linger. But sometimes it's while the stores are open. Sure. Uh, to some people, it doesn't matter. Uh, the risk is, of course, they could hurt someone, whether it's store employees or customers. And uh, and that's a bad mistake for the criminals because then they have a more serious crime that they've committed. But uh, but they're told, don't bring guns, don't bring weapons, by the way, for these smash and grabs, because then if you get caught, then you really will go to jail. But uh, as long as you don't do that, these they get arrested and they're out the next day. I was at a mall near me a few weeks ago. I was at a Dick Sporting Goods, and it's it's one of those where it's attached, it has an entrance to the mall. So you go up the escalator, you go into the mall. So it's easy in and easy out from the street. And as I was going up the escalator, somebody was coming down running, and they had a giant bag over their shoulder. Now security was chasing, but there was no way they're going to catch the guy, and he ran away. And then I said something when I was when I was buying what I was buying, and I said, does this happen a lot? And she said, all the time. Absolutely. Dix is one of the retailers, along with Target, that's been very outspoken about this. And why why do they do they steal product from Dix? Well, uh, you know, athletic shoes are one of the one of the uh, highest value items that the crooks steal. And they're one of the most easily resold, whether it's in physical or online marketplaces. So so Dix is a big target. All right. You, you talk about where there's this black market, essentially, for the goods. How does that work, and where are these things just sold? Just on 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 online sites? So uh, in the old days, uh, which wasn't that long ago, they were sold principally at flea markets and swap meets. So you could go to any of these big flea markets and start looking on the tables there, and you'd find product that was obviously stolen. Frequently, as a private label product from individual retailers, mm-hmm. and they didn't even try to hide it. You know, it was uh, it's pretty straightforward. Now they're much more sophisticated. So there are whole operations, for example, where they change lots, lot numbers and expiration dates on products uh, where they, uh, you know, uh, uh, make it more difficult to identify the source of the product. And then principally, the products are sold online. Originally, it was through the most obvious marketplaces like like an eBay, for example, uh, some people call it the world's largest fencing operation or Amazon's marketplace, places like that. Uh, there's been some crackdown on that, and including federal legislation, where the marketplaces are more responsible than they used to be for the resale of obviously stolen goods. But so now uh, a lot of the products change hands or what, what what you might call the dark web, you know, sort of uh, I hate to use this phrase, but business to business uh, types of uh, types of uh, exchanges where the product is resold and then and sort of laundered then. Uh, in in the legitimate marketplaces. Yeah, and as someone who has been in this industry for a long time, theft has been a part of it. Shoplifting's always been a part of it. So how much worse now do you think it is versus just a couple of years ago? Well, it's always difficult to quantify, but it's it's many times worse, I'll tell you that. And uh, it was not unusual, for example, for, for flash thieves to run into a, uh, a store and steal a stack of Levi's jeans, for example, because those could easily be resold uh, sometimes shipped off to uh, out of the country for resale but uh, but in today's world uh, there's uh, easily a hundred billion dollars of stolen product now it's it's uh, way out of scale from anything that we ever seen before and it's, and it's growing quite rapidly I think some estimates are 20 percent per year which uh, you know will double in four to five years for the employees when it happens when the stores are open there have been stories where the you know people have chased 
somebody out into the parking lot or whatever, maybe even stop them. And then they've been disciplined or even fired by their own company. So what should employees do? What are they told to do? Well, the, 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 the normal sort of average retail uh, 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 associate is not really trained to apprehend people and to uh, to to fight with them in a in a violent fashion, and we don't want the employees getting hurt. So so really, uh, most retailers do not want employees tackling the crooks. Yeah. that is not part of their job description. Uh, they aren't, aren't even even really set up to do it right. They're putting themselves in serious harm's way, and no amount of of property theft is worth the serious injury to an employee. So what they're what they're instructed to do is to you know call the police, call that the people within the store who are trained to apprehend criminals, not to do the, do it themselves. And so that's that's what the problem is. Is that is that if if uh, everyone starts being a vigilante, then uh, then we're going to see a lot of the associates getting hurt, and we don't want that. If you were a store manager, would you fire an employee who did that? Well, I don't think I'd fire them. There might it might have to have some form of uh, of penalty, but I certainly wouldn't fire them. Right. I would probably probably speak to them, say, explain what their danger is to them, and say, look, we 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 love you. We appreciate that 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 you're you're protecting the property that way, but but you're more valuable to us than a pair of sneakers. All right. Now, when I was in high school in the 1980s, my first job, you may remember this store, Consumers. It was like a service merchandise. You know, you walked in. And you looked at a catalog, you decided what you wanted, you brought it up, and then we went in the back and got the products and you were on your way. That model doesn't really, it's not really out there all that much anymore. But that's one way where it's harder to have shrink, am I right? Well, unfortunately, we're getting to where a lot of stores are in some way are like that, uh, that consumers or service merchandise type of a business model because uh, more and more product is being put under lock and key or behind uh, behind uh, locked glass doors. And uh, that requires uh, pushing a button or calling a sales association to help you get the product, which isn't that far away from your experience that you're discussing from your days at uh, at, at, at consumers. Uh, the problem with it is it hurts sales. The reason those companies aren't around anymore the ones that you describe is because it's it's inconvenient for the customer to wait around to get the product from a from a retail a runner and uh, and they're not going to do it. So more convenient retail formats defeated those formats to had all the product in the back and you had to wait around and sit there and all the stuff like that. So what happens when you put the product behind locked doors? By the way, if sales go down automatically, we used to call the asset protection people, you know, sales reduction people when they would lock things up. So there's no doubt that the consumer uh, isn't happy with that experience. And what it really does is just push more sales to the internet, which is a very convenient experience. But you understand why a store, well, you've seen these pharmacies also doing this, putting some products behind you know, glass. You understand why they would do that. So how do you have some sort of a happy medium? Because you don't want sales to drop, but you also don't want to have all your stuff stolen. So what are you telling retailers they should do? Well, they have to, if they're going to have the store open, they have to take appropriate security measures, including locking product up. Uh, it's going to hurt sales. It's, this isn't good. I mean, the fact that criminals come in and steal merchandise, right there, it's no good. It's no good because it raises the prices for everyone. It causes stores to close in inner cities, which create uh, retail wastelands, which are inconvenient for the vast majority of people who live in these areas who are law abiding. So this isn't good. There's nothing good about it, but you have to deal with it in today's terms. Over the long term, the only solution to this is going to be if if uh, law enforcement and uh, and local politicians get serious 
uh, about apprehending people who commit this crime and making them do the time. The crooks are like anyone else. They're economic entities. They do the calculus and they go, you know what? If I'm not going to get caught or if I do get caught and I don't go to jail, you know, it's worth it for me just to steal the product and fence it and get all that cash. So that's what's going on right now. And until that changes, this is only going to continue. Yeah, and, and you know, obviously you were the ex-vice chair over at Target. You know that company very well. They're closing locations, nine of them in New York, San Francisco, Seattle, Portland, next month. They had to, right? Or did they not have? How could they have kept them open and avoided this? Look, retailers do not close stores lightly. There are These are huge multi-million dollar investments in each location that have to be written off. They didn't want to close these stores. They closed them because they couldn't make any money. And because they're they felt their people were at physical risk of harm. So so they don't no retailer opens a store just to close it a few years later. I mean, that doesn't make that defies common sense. So anyone who says, oh, they didn't have to do it, they could have kept them open. They're they're not these are businesses, not charities. What are they supposed to do? Just keep a store open forever and lose money and and worse, let their people get hurt? That's a that's a, a ridiculous argument. I've seen people make that. I don't know what they think. You know, like like uh, somehow there are bottomless uh, pits of money that everyone can just come in and steal whatever they want and the store is going to stay open. But that's a ridiculous idea. You know, there are stores. I, I've been in one where you don't pay. You, you don't seem like you pay like those Amazon type locations where you walk in, you pick something up and you walk out. They just know who that you were there and it automatically comes out of your credit card that they have on file. Is that yeah, kind of technology better to stop retail theft in the future, or does it not matter? No, I don't think that's going to be better. I think that could be worse. The, the only way it could be better, which is a sacrifice of, uh, of privacy, would be if uh, everyone's facial recognition information and, uh, and uh, cell phone information, I guess, were, were uh, public and available to the retailer. So when, when someone who's a known thief walked in the store, they could be identified immediately. But do we, are we prepared for a world, you know, it looks, feels like a sci-fi movie where there's facial recognition of everyone who walks around and uh, and the crooks are identified and and prevented from, from committing the crime before it happens? Are, do we really want a world like that? You know, here we are. It's almost October. So that means we're getting close to seeing all the Christmas stuff in stores. This holiday season... Are you expecting the shoplifting, the theft, the shrinkage to get even worse? And is it going to affect the time when they make their most profit? Well, there's no sign that it's getting any better. So I have to believe it's going to get worse. One of the one of the rules of retailing is that they everyone says, uh, you want to know what's going to happen in the future? What's the current trend? That's going to tell you. And the current trend is accelerating retail theft. Uh, there have been many incidents just in recent days. And so uh, so I would have to expect that to continue accelerating throughout the holiday season. Uh, there's a lot of talk. You know, you hear politicians on both sides now talking about we have to rein this in. We have to do something about it. Uh, you know, even in California, there was a, 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 a money allocated to try to deal with organized retail crime and to do something about it. But so far, uh, all it's been more talk than action. And whatever action has happened obviously has not slowed us down. Away from theft, we've had, of course, inflation. The last several years, prices have gone up and up and up. I know year over year, the numbers had gone down earlier. They've crept back up a little bit lately. How is that, in your opinion, going to affect the holiday season this year? Well, I, I'm uh, 
more negative than most commentators on the upcoming holiday season. And I hate to be that way because I always want to be positive about 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 the country and 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 its direction. But but the consumers are very strained. A sales of physical goods have been declining when you adjust for price increases. You know, we just say how many units of products have been sold. Uh, sales of physical goods have been declining for every month for a year now. If you look at it, a year-over-year trend uh, in those sales. Consumers have been spending on services, so everyone says the consumer is still healthy. Well, some of those services are things like cruises and hotels and restaurants, and those definitely have been doing doing okay. But there's a lot of cracks in that now. Those are starting to slow down. And meanwhile, a lot of the service increase everyone cites as the reason for the healthy consumer are actually increases in medical expenses, which have been uh, seen a high rate of inflation during this period, and rent which is also inflated at a very rapid rate. And those are hardly consumer choices to pay their rent or to see the doctor. So so I'm not so so sanguine about the health of the consumer, given they're running out of the savings from the pandemic. The data shows that they're going into credit card debt. Credit card defaults are rising. Student loan repayments are coming due. I think this could be a very uh, tepid holiday season at best. You are not painting a very rosy picture for retail these days. Well, it always comes back. That's the great news about 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 uh our economy, I believe in America, and, I, and some of these things are cyclical. And so uh, so they will reverse themselves eventually. Jerry Storch, CEO for Storch Advisors, former Vice Chairman at Target, former CEO for Toys R Us. Great to talk to you. Thanks so much. My pleasure. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. I'm Emily Campagno, and this is the Fox True Crime Podcast, bringing you closer to the story than you ever thought possible. Subscribe at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. These are the stories that keep you up at night.